Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Be, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I have a really, really special episode for you. It's different than some of the other episodes that I've done recently where I interview different experts on different things. But today, I have an expert in friendship. And that's because it's my best friend, Courtney Burkauer. She's joining us today. Hey, Court. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. I I was thinking about this this morning, and I was like, I feel like, and not to put myself in this level, I don't mean it like this, but I feel like, you know, when Oprah started having Gail, her best friend Gail, on her talk show and and they were like taping them going on safaris together, I feel like I'm having my Oprah and Gail moment where I get to have my best friend on my podcast that I love so much, like two things that I love so much. Um, And just thank you for coming on and being willing to do something that's scary for you. I know a lot of people can relate to like not doing things that scare them and your, your attitude over the past like quarantine months, the last three months has just been like, I'm going to step up and do things that scare me. Absolutely. I've really been trying to push myself to do things that make me uncomfortable and happy to be part of that safari moment. And maybe someday we'll actually tape our safari. Exactly. I was like, Oh, if I'm having visions of this, that means that we're manifesting this happening of, you know, as, as things get bigger and brighter in our own lives, we'll just keep like recording more and more and more and more and more and, and take that safari. So (laughs) sounds good. Right. So you can you can make it happen. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you guys, I wanted to have Courtney on today for a lot of different reasons. And we did a little pre-interview before this yesterday and should have been recording then. But what I really, what, what our conversation came to was two things that were really hitting heavy on my soul. So Courtney talked a lot about what I call quarantine cleanse, like really cleaning house, uh, physically, but but more importantly, emotionally and what that looks like. So we'll dive into that. And then also um, the two of us have been uh, on a roller coaster when it comes to friendship with one another, things that we could have never anticipated, high highs, low lows, not really knowing if our friendship, quite frankly, would make it um, a couple of times. I can think of like two, uh, two times where I was just like, oh my gosh, are we even going to be friends anymore? And I think that people people do struggle with friendships. Would you agree with that? Like, especially women. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like the older I get, the more and more I realize that. And I feel like friendships become harder. And when you kind of relate it to any other relationship, you know, a marriage or, you know, a significant other, I've just realized that friendship requires just as much work as those other relationships do. And sometimes that work can seem so heavy and so hard that it may not seem worth it. Um, But what I've been through, I've just learned that 
when you prioritize those people, you have to put in the work because it's somebody that's been such a huge part of your life and that work can't scare you. So I've learned to not shy away from it and turn that into honesty and positive intention to grow it to a different level. I love that so much. And I want to talk in depth about that specifically, because I know that there's people listening who are just like, first of all, where do I find friends? I, I felt like that. Have you felt like that before? Like, okay, I'm 30. How old am I now? 37, almost 38 years old. And there's still days where I have circles of friends. I have pockets of friends, but I find myself like, constantly questioning. And I think this started somewhere around junior high, maybe even earlier, but I can't remember like my younger, younger years as much as some people. And I remember even in junior high being like, so nervous about friendship. Like, are girls going to like me? Like, I felt like I was always better friends with guys than girls, which, which isn't true. I've learned as I've gotten older, it's at, that's actually not true. I just was so nervous about making friends with women because I was afraid of losing them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I think that I still battle with that to this day. And, you know, thinking about what you said, going back to junior high in those times, you're constantly surrounded by pools of people, you know, and you have these different connections, whether it be athletics or classes or, you know, after school activities and you always have the opportunity to make these connections. But as we get older, those pools start to shrink and become a little bit smaller. And how do you continue to put yourself out there? And not only that, but then you're growing into a whole different person. And how do you mold yourself into who you want to be without falling into a trap, which I've fallen into, being somebody that wants me to be rather than being myself. So it's definitely something that I battle with still. Mm -hmm. um, and I find myself questioning all the time, where am I going to find friends, you know, deep, true friends. And, and that's, that's hard and it can be scary. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing too. And I feel like there's this cycle with this cycle with friendship and it starts when we're really young. And like you said, we're not afraid when we're little, we're not afraid when we're little, this is why your kid. So you guys, Courtney is a mother of three three little kids. She has also, I hope you don't mind me sharing court. She, uh, I should just let you say you've, you've battled with, um, postpartum depression. Tell, tell them kind of the junk that some of the junk highlights of your life so that they know that you're human. <laughs> right. So, um, like Heidi said, I'm a mom of three. I have a 12 year old, a nine year old and a seven year old. Um, and I've had a lot of junk in my life. Um, starting being a freshman in high school, my mom passed away suddenly. Um, so that was a major, major loss for me, transitioning to a whole new lifestyle without her, um, coming into, you know, having my own children and having two wonderfully happy pregnancies, deliveries with both of my boys to going into having my daughter being put on bed rest and then going through a C-section and struggling with very severe postpartum depression and anxiety where I spent 10 days in a mother baby program at Pine Rest. So um, battling that and kind of coming off of that and how do I move past that really, really dark time where I wanted to say, this is not for me. I don't want to be a mom anymore. I literally picked up my two week baby girl and laid her on the bed next to my husband and said, this was a mistake. And I walked out the door and 
being able to admit and recognize that I needed help was one of the hardest things for me to do. And, and fortunately I did and had a really strong support system around me, but yeah, I'm human. There's been a lot of things that I've, that I've struggled with and there's been a lot of ups and downs with friendships in that as well. And having those losses and being in those dark times, I think has really pushed me to evaluate the friendships that I have around me and what do I want from those friendships? What do I want from that person and what do I want to give to them? So it's, it's been a good learning curve for me going through all of those things. Yeah. You've been through a lot. You've been through even like uh, thyroid cancer. You did that. I'm just like this girl, you guys, this girl is resilient. She has been through it all. And um, I know people listening like can really relate to going through postpartum depression alone, never, ever talking about it. You've been so brave and so courageous, just like sharing that part of you and sharing your story. And like what we're going to share here about quarantine cleanse is that this life is not easy, right? No, it's not. It's not easy. I guess I'll, I guess I'll, I guess I'll reword that. It's not easy until you decide that you're going to start living it and looking at it in it through a different lens. Like it it gets to be easier. It gets to feel easier when you're willing to feel your way through life. And when you're really, really willing to be honest about who you are, how you want to show up and what you want to surround yourself with, which is what you were talking about. Cause you know, like with your kids right now, they're running around and playing with whoever in the neighborhood. It's like, whatever, as long as you're not mean to me and you're not hurting me, like we all play together. Right. And you have, you're curious. So we haven't been wounded yet, but then there comes a time where in sixth grade, sixth grade camp, something happens. Mean girls start to pop up, quote unquote, the mean girls, the popular, popular people. We start establishing these identities of who is who. And then we move into high school and then it gets even worse. You know, you and I ran in very different circles in high school, looking back now. And I'm like, that was dumb. Why did we do that? But we pigeonhole for survival. We pigeonhole with our people for survival. And then Courtney and I met, um, actually uh, came together in cheerleading. And so that was the place in ninth grade where I remember you being there and Courtney ran in a circle and I ran in a circle and we didn't run together outside of that circle, except for in cheerleading or except for basically alone with one another. We would do things one-on-one. We would do our craft books together. We would do lots of crafts. You know, we would take little trips together, but we would never really like hang out in a collective circle unless it was cheerleading. Do you feel like that? Absolutely. And I find it interesting, you know, when you're talking about how you have your own circle, I feel like that continues as we get older too. And I think that people fall into this is the circle that I belong in and they get scared or uncomfortable or almost protective of their circle. And I think that's why as we get older and especially for women, it becomes harder and harder to find those deep friendships because those circles are already established. And how do you find your way into those circles? And for me, it's all, all been about changing my perspective and really focusing on myself because I feel like I need to be in a place where I'm comfortable with who I am before I can open myself up to anybody else or find my way into another circle. And honestly, I don't even think it needs to be about circles. Like, why do we do that? Why do we have to have those circles? Why can't it be like you were saying, 
when you're young and you're in the neighborhood, you just hang out with whoever because we're all humans, we're all people. We all crave that love and that attention and that sense of belonging. So why do those circles even need to exist? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's our job as women to start to look at this differently, which is why I wanted to have this conversation. You guys, we were going to talk only about postpartum depression and, and go in, go in talking about that. And I just got this hit the other night. I've been going through a lot of, I guess, just like feelings of friendship is the best way to describe it and really navigating those circles and um, things have been popping up and I'm like, Court, will you please talk on friendship with me? So this is totally off the cuff. We haven't pre-planned anything. This is just from our heart. But I think that you're spot on with like, I think we get protective and I think we get possessive of what we created so for me, it was like, okay, this circle was created, this solid circle was created, right? There's like, it's not a dotted line circle, it's just a circle in high school. And, and it felt so, at the time, it felt so good because I was so scared to do anything else. I was terrified to join your circle because then my other circle is going to abandon me or think that I'm weird or think that I'm strange or think that I'm not good enough. If I go to Courtney's circle or if I go to any other circle, it wasn't, it wasn't just yours, you know, it was like any other one, like, holy shit, if I leave my circle, I'm going to be abandoned. Like I'm going to be abandoned by those people. They won't like me. Um, they won't think that I'm a good person. Then I'll probably get bullied. Like we automatically assume that the worst thing is going to happen to us. Right, right. The worst thing is going to happen. I'm going to lose everything that I've worked so hard for. I, who am I without these people? Like it's, it's kind of like just your protection. Yeah, because that becomes your identity. You relate to those people that you surround yourself with on a daily basis. And when you think about venturing outside of that, well, what are they going to think? Are they going to be okay with that? And I've had a lot of experiences in the past few years where I kind of feel like I am that person that ventures out into different circles mm -hmm. and I try to find my way to fit in mm -hmm. and it hasn't gone well. It hasn't gone well because like you said, people get protective and it turns into, well, she's my friend, not yes. your friend. Yes. And then that, that jealousy surfaces and I am at a point where I'm not about that. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want to have that protective feeling. I truthfully, as cliche as it may sound, want to be friends with everybody. You know, I thrive on connection and deep connection and true connection. And that's what I've been searching for. And so when you were talking earlier about, you know, this quarantine cleanse, I've really been evaluating friendships and relationships in my life and what purpose are they serving to me? And I know that that may sound really selfish, but it's not because we are the ones that get to change our perspective and kind of shift our paths on what is best for us. And that may be that some of those circles where some of those jealous friends are a part of and well, she's my friend, you know, we're not going to let you fully in because we already have this established. Well, do I really want to be a part of that? Like, is that the type of friendship that I want to have? And I think a lot of women just fall into this cycle of I do want to be a part of it because like what you were saying, they don't want to be alone. Yeah. And that fear of being alone just takes over that they keep inserting themselves into all of these circles that may not be serving them in the way that they need. 
the the craving for connection is sometimes just so intense that you will literally do anything to be a part of it, right? So you'll break Absolutely. you'll break the integrity and the loyalty that you have with yourself without even knowing it. And it's not an ill will at all. I want people to be very clear on this. It's not an ill will that you're going against what you know. It's just that you've become so unaware of what you desire for yourself that you're willing to sacrifice what you truly desire for yourself to be a part of something with someone else. And it this becomes happens, a habit. It becomes a habit. And this happens in friendships, but it also happens in romantic relationships. I've mm-hmm. done this to myself where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just, I just want to be loved so badly. And this person is, it, this person is good enough. It's good enough. It checks enough. It checks off enough of the boxes, which is mistake number one, right? To even have the boxes. Yeah. In a, in a sense, it's really, really scary because the boxes, and this is something that I feel like was where one of our pain points was with our hiccups and friendship with one another was the expectation box, the expectation bucket of like Correct. friendship is supposed to look like this. She is supposed to do this for me and, or I'm supposed to do this for her. So I know that when we went through one of our Rocky things, I don't even know, was that like two years ago? now? I don't even know. Yeah, about so. About two years ago, I thought that you had all of these expectations for me. So at this point in my life, Courtney was living in Michigan. I was living in California and we were talking pretty regularly over, over an app that we use called Boxer. And it was like, it became like, oh my gosh, I, I owe her to show up for her all the time. And I thought those were your expectations, but we never talked about it. Instead of the reality was, is that I was creating expectations that I thought that I needed to be a certain friend for you, for you to love me, for you to like me. And so I felt like I just couldn't keep up. I'm like, I can't keep up. I can't keep up with her. She's a better friend than me. And so what I did was I projected all of that on you. I just like word vomited one day basically and said like, I can't take it anymore. Like I can't keep up with you. And you were like, what the hell? Whoa, whoa, pump the brakes, sister. Like long story short, and you can tell your version if it's different than different than what I'm sharing. <laughs> but I felt like it was like, where, like smack in the face, where did this come from? Totally blindsided. But what I realized now in hindsight was it wasn't the expectations that you were putting on me. It was the expectations that I was putting on myself to be a good friend to you. Instead of, instead of having a conversation of like, what is our, what does our friendship look like? Like, why didn't I just call you and say like, what does our friendship look like? I'm feeling like I'm supposed to do all these things and I'm a shitty friend and giving you the opportunity, but there was no conversation. There was just like this buildup. And then there was just this explosion. And I think that comes from those check boxes and people do this in relationships too, right? Like the guy or the girl that I'm going to be with someday or my future husband or my future wife or whatever, whatever, it has to look like this, has to act like this, has to say this, has to have these skills, has to have these values. And then these expectations become this thing that like this person cannot be all those expectations every, all day, every day for you. They just can't. Right. And I think expectations, we've talked about this a lot, can really be the death of a lot of relationships because we struggle to communicate those clearly. 
and explaining why we feel that we need that. So, you know, when you were talking about what we went through a couple of years ago, you're right. I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself that you needed to be the friend that you thought that I needed. And I was doing the same thing. You know, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be the friend that I thought that you needed, that I needed to come visit you once or twice, mm -hmm. all of these things. And, and we both started making these sacrifices rather than just having that open and honest conversation and saying, look, this is how I'm feeling. This is how you're feeling. Let's talk about this. And I think we fall into that trap with friends because something that you said earlier was that we start to just do things because that fear takes over. And, you know, something that kind of popped into my mind when you were talking about that, and I hope that other people can relate to this, but how many times have you been with a friend and they start to do something that maybe isn't part of your character or, you know, something that you wouldn't necessarily do. So maybe it's, you know, starting to talk about somebody in a way that maybe you wouldn't, or they start to do something that you've really tried not to do. I've been that person. I've fallen into that trap one too many times because I've craved that connection. And I felt like that's the person that I needed to be for them to continue to be my friend. And, you know, we both can wholeheartedly say that we did the same thing with each other. We started falling into those cycles of, well, I'm going to do this because I feel like this is what I need for her to be my friend. And that's just so crazy to me. Like, why? Looking back now, I mean, why did I do that? That's, that's not who I was. That's not who I am. And why do I keep creating all these boxes to check off when it doesn't need to be that way? Mm -mm. Mm, that's so good. I love what you said that like expectations can be the death of a relationship, but it can also be what holds us back from even try from even starting. So we get right. in our, we get in our heads and in our, in our heads, it's not in our hearts at all. We get in our heads that I know that when it comes to, when it used to come to female relationships, I, I quit before I started. I would look at different pockets of people that maybe I wanted to be friends with. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm different than them. They're not going to like me. I would like tell myself these stories and I would quit before I even started because I was afraid they were going to judge me. I was afraid that they weren't going to like me. But then there's another part to it, Court. It's like, have you ever felt like you're going to get stuck in a friendship that you started that you don't want to be in anymore? Yes. Where and unfortunately, like... <laughs> I've been there. I yeah. have been there. And yeah. I've been stuck in those friendships for a very long time because of, I think, some of the things that I've struggled with in my life that's held me to those relationships. And there was so much fear and I'm going to say comparison too, that kept me from just saying to that person, like, this is not right for me. You know, the way that we have this relationship isn't working. And it really led me to do some things that, you know, I can look back now and say, I'm not really proud of. Yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't who I was, but that fear and that comparison just starts to wash over you and you become so routine and mundane in these relationships because you think that they're giving you what you need. Mm -hmm. but they're really not. They're really not. And that's where it's okay to take a step back, like I said earlier, and just say, what, what intention do I have for this relationship? And what, what do I need out of it? And what does the other person need out of it? Because it really 
does fall to both people. And I know a few years ago when we, you know, were kind of going through our rough patch, I remember you saying, it's okay if our friendship has kind of run its course. There's people that come into your life that will be a part of it for a certain period of time. And then that door may close and then you, a door may open to another relationship or another friendship. And I really struggled with that for a very, very long time. Um, I had a really, really close friend that that door closed abruptly. And I still struggle with that. And I'm not saying that that door may never reopen, um, but having a few years and some space and some distance from it now, I've just really learned that that's okay. It's okay. It, it's okay that it hurts and you can, you can sit with the, the sadness of that and, and the pain. But I just remember when you said that to me, well, one with you, it, it scared me because I'm like, whoa, hold on. That's not where we are. Like, that's, that's not <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm not done right. over here. So don't give right. up that easy. <laughs> right. But I think I needed to hear that not in relationship to our friendship, but I needed somebody to tell me that because for a really long time, I felt like that's not okay. Like when you build these connections and these relationships with people, like for me, for a long time, I felt like, no, they have to be forever. Like if, you know, I'm going to pour my heart and soul into you and, and I'm going to let you into my life and my family's life, like this is forever, you know? Yeah. And so I needed to hear that. And it was really a hard thing for me to hear, but I'm so thankful that, that you did speak those words to me because even though it didn't apply to our friendship, it did apply to other relationships that I have in my life. And I needed the permission to know that that's okay. Yeah, that timeline, being able to just like release the timeline. And I think we're very similar in the sense that I'm a two on the Enneagram and the Enneagram is, is like this, this, um, it's like one to a 10, you're a number. It's, it puts, drops you into a bucket of what you are. And it's like the, I'm, I'm either a, a seven, which is an enthusiast and, but my strongest suit is a two, which is a giver and givers crave connection. They want to give, 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 give. And without knowing it, givers want to be acknowledged for their giving. And if I had to guess, the way that you and I are connected by our heartstrings are that we are empaths to the core. We feel everything. We love feeling everything and we hate feeling everything. And we love giving, giving, and we love receiving, receiving, receiving without knowing it. We love to give and then we love to be acknowledged like, thank you so much for seeing me, Court. Thank you so much for sending me that card. Thank you. Like it feels so good to know that what we do or what we did matters. So twos are givers and they're just like, but then they become exhausted because they overgive and they give when it's maybe not necessary or it's maybe not someone's love language. And so they're just constantly like hearts are pouring out and it's so much. So it's just really interesting when it comes to friendship, knowing that like um, the biggest piece is kind of like knowing who your friends are, creating those boundaries and then being honest, even when it hurts, like I can't even describe how much it hurt to actually have to have to tell you how I was feeling. But the thing that saved our relationship was that we were actually really, really honest about what we were feeling, even though knowing now there was a lot of untruths to what came out vocally, like the, the way that we could just express it and get it out and move through it, like needed to happen. And I think we took, I don't even know, like six months without even speaking. Mm -hmm. 
Like, yeah, uh, like did. just like from talking every day to like, just quiet. And sometimes you just have to create that space and find that you are okay. Like come back to yourself and maybe we can spin this into the kind of that quarantine cleanse that you've been going through. It's like yesterday you were talking about having the choice of where your energy goes. Do you remember talking about that? Yes. And I think it's just so important that this quarantine has forced us to all isolate in a way that we've had to choose being with ourselves. And if you haven't been choosing being with yourself and what that feels like and what that looks like, it starts, it starts with you. And then the friendships and the relationships build off of your energy and your core. But talk a little bit about what you shared yesterday on like choosing where your energy is going. So this quarantine obviously has been chaos for everybody and brings up a lot of um, really tough feelings. And I am a third grade teacher and on a Friday morning was told that we would not be returning to school. So very abrupt decision and trying to pack up all of my students ready to go for a time period at then was supposed to be three weeks, but knowing that it was going to be longer. And then also thinking about my own children who are going through this all of the sudden, you know, withdraw from their friends and their, their social life and sports and all of those things. So if you're anything like me, that those first couple weeks of quarantine were miserable because what do you do? You, you know, your whole structure, your whole routine is completely flipped upside down. And so to be honest, those first couple weeks, I struggled and it was a lot of Netflix. It was a lot of movies. It was a lot of arguments about, you know, getting schoolwork done and not really wanting to leave the house. Here in Michigan, it was still cold and yucky. And what what do you do with yourself? And for whatever reason, I just woke up one day and, and I think this goes back to the things that I learned when I um, struggled with my postpartum depression and anxiety. I just woke up one morning and I said to myself, like, Courtney, you know what you need to do. And the only difference between the past few weeks and what you're feeling right now is the choice that you've made. I allowed myself to choose every day to get up and not take a shower, not get out of my pajamas, um, not get up and and work out, which I enjoy, um, not being that positive, happy, everything's going to be okay kind of mom because I'm surrounded by all this panic and this fear and this unknown. And when you're somebody who has struggled with depression and anxiety, that's like the worst thing for you. You know, you're thrown into this situation that you try to stay out of. So I just made a different choice that morning. And I said, you need to shift your perspective. You need to do the things that are going to take care of you. Because if you don't do that, you can't take care of anybody else. So I started with baby steps. I I learned that routine is really important with me when I was recovering after having my daughter. And so I started setting that alarm early again and getting up and reading my devotional and moving my body every morning, actually taking a shower, maybe putting a little bit of makeup on, putting some clothes on. And it just kind of transpired from there into now I make the choice every day to shift that perspective and not allow that fear and that panic to come in. And 
choose what I want to do with my time. And like you were saying earlier, we are both givers and that can be a huge downfall. And I have loved giving and connecting and reaching out to people. And I think that first month I was trying to also do that with so many people to let them know, like, I'm thinking about them and, and I'm here for you. And when I decided to kind of shift back into what I know is best for me, I had to remind myself, you can't do it all. You can't do it all for everybody. And you can't fall back into that place where you were for so long that you would just give and give and give until you're exhausted laying on the floor, until you start pouring into yourself. So I've really worked hard, like you said, to do some cleaning of my own thoughts, my own routines, my own relationships, and take this time to be who I know how to be and be who I want to be. Because when you're thrown into all this chaos, it's so easy to fall back into those old routines and those ha old habits and get out of being the person that you know that you are. Yeah. And I, I love what you shared yesterday too. There was a moment where you said something like, your energy used to be determined by so many other like external things. <laughs> she has a, she has a like five-year-old daughter. <laughs> she's peeking through the door right now. You guys can't see. And she's, you know, this is the cool part about, this is a cool part about motherhood is that you don't get to pick and choose, right? You don't get to pick and choose what's going to come up next, when they're going to peek their head through the door, when they're going to just need you, how it's going to be. And, um, you know, Cor, I was just going to ask you about this. So this couldn't have been more perfect timing that she peeked her little head through the door and Courtney kind of put her head up, like her hand out, like, nope, nope, not right now, not right now. Because I think a lot of moms listening are going to go, well, that's really nice, Courtney, that you have just like made more time for yourself. I don't got time for that. I don't got time for that. I don't, I don't get to choose when they're going to just throw spaghetti on the floor or, you know, like, what do you say to those moms out there that have these constant interruptions, but are looking for this, this newness and this peace and this perspective that you found. It's not easy. Netflix is not working. So that's why, why she's in here, you know, and, and we had the conversation that, you know, this is mom's time for a few minutes and she's really good about that. But yeah, you never know when Netflix is going to not work anymore. And I think that's something that I struggled with for a really long time and what it comes down to is you have to make yourself a priority. You have to schedule those times in. And I'm not saying that there's never interruptions because yeah, when I'm, when I'm working out, there might be kids down there running around shooting me with Nerf darts. Or, you know, <laughs> if I'm trying to read my devotional, it may take me 45 minutes because I have to clean up spilled orange juice or I have to make pancakes or, you know, do other things to be there for my children. But I think what I found is that's okay. It's okay if it takes you a little bit longer. As long as you schedule those things into your day and make them a priority, I've become a better mom, a better wife, a better friend. And the other thing that I do is I get up early. And I know that that's not easy and that's not for everybody, but I've given myself an extra hour every single day because then I know that I can pour into my cup so that I can pour into others. And th that's where I fell into that, those old routines and those old habits that first month when all of this started, I wasn't doing that. 
I was sleeping in until nine o'clock when my kids got up and then I am mom right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And those few weeks, like I just found myself snapping and shorts and just feeling stressed and not feeling well-rested or well-rounded. And the minute I went back to that routine and said, you know what, set that alarm again, get up, pour into yourself. It's just amazing how much of a difference that it's made. You know, and I know that it's not easy. And my kids are older. They're a little bit more independent. But when they were little and I started putting some of these practices in place, there were mornings that maybe I couldn't get to everything. And that's okay. But I've learned to say, what are my non-negotiables? What are my things that I need to make sure that I do for myself, no matter how long it takes? And then those other things I can just kind of fit into small pockets, you know, of my day. And I work full time during the school year and I do, I get up at 4.45 in the morning, which people look at me and they're like, you're absolutely crazy. Why would you do that? (laughs) And I do it because I know that it makes me a better person. It brings Mm -hmm. me the things that I need so that I can go to school and be a great teacher and, and be a great mom and be a great wife and be a great friend. And I've just learned that that's not something I'm willing to sacrifice anymore because I know that I'm not giving my best self to other people. So yeah, we deal with Netflix not working and build <laughs> orange juice and tears and, and all of those things. But you know, you just have to find the joy in all of that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think shifting my mindset, like I could be mad that she stuck her head in the door and you know, I told her not to, but it is what it is. And you know, that that's just the blessing of being a mom is you have these little humans that rely on you and yeah, they're going to interrupt things and they can make life messy in more way than one, but it's all about perspective. It's all about how you choose to look at it and just reframing that and just routine, making time for yourself, scheduling it in. It's not easy, but I guarantee if you try it for a week and start to build that habit, you'll, you'll see a huge difference. It's, it's so important that we know what makes us us and bringing this like more full circle, tying in the friendship piece too. It's like, I only felt like I was able to start having the deep rooted, even, even in our friendship, like, I feel like it's deeper just in the last three months of quarantine for some reason. And I've realized that I think that reason is because I feel more like myself. I've, I've had to really like discover and uncover some things that I didn't, didn't even really know about myself. Didn't even really know that was there. And the more that I've been able to show up for myself and I've been, the more I've been able to show up for myself, the more I've been able to show up for others as my true self and see how those people um, respond to me. And when you're met with the response of like, wow, you know, I like this version of you, you know, that that's your relationship for right now. And I think it's really important. Like you said, releasing the timeline and know that people can flow in and out of your, of your life. Once the door is closed, we, it's only if we choose that perspective that it's completely closed instead of cracked open again, like Stella couldn't have come in more perfect time. Like this, this analogy of just like, maybe they're just peeking in once in a while. 
it's okay. And when we were talking yesterday, you said something like we try so hard to just make it one way or the other way. It has to just be like this. I am this person or I'm like this, like good or bad, like on or off or all in or all out. And it's not, it's not like that. We have to be easier on ourselves and in our relationships, in any of these relationships and give it a little grace and give it a little space to just be what it is today. You know, there may be an on day and an off day, and there may be an on decade and an off decade, but the only time the door is fully closed is when we close it. Like I know in my, I know there are relationships in my life where the door is closed. I know my relationship with my ex-husband, that door is closed and I, I, I do not want it to reopen. Right. Absolutely. And there may be friendships like that too, but there may also just be like moments where you're like, this person is not serving me right now. And I'm going to be honest about that. And I'm going to release that. And I don't have to make a big thing of it. Like there's people that I have released in the past year and a half and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Because that brings me a lot of peace and me a lot of like, it, it gives me more space to give the people that really resonate with me right now, more of my energy like so much more. Yeah. I think, you know, what you just said about that brings you peace. I think that's such a huge part of it because we often don't realize that some of those relationships are not bringing us peace. Mm -hmm. They are causing chaos and, you know, feelings that don't sit well with us, but we're just too afraid to release them. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've really been trying to do that I would encourage other people to do is I don't think often enough we ask ourselves, like, what do we need? Mm -hmm. What do we need for ourselves? What do we need from our friends or from our relationships? And I think we get so wrapped up and just busy in the everyday life that it's just go, go, go all the time. I mean, how often have you sat down? You probably more than, than anyone, because that's probably part of your training, but saying like, what do you need or what is your why? What is your purpose? And so I think during this quarantine, I've had a lot more time to kind of reflect on that. Like, what do I need? What is my purpose or what is my why for doing, you know, A, B, C, or, you know, in this relationship or, or with this family member, what it might be. So asking yourself some of those questions is something that we don't often give ourselves the space to do. And when we start to think about those things, I think that's where we can start to find that, that true peace. And really that's what we all want, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to live in chaos. I don't want to live in, you know, this constant turmoil. I really just want to be peaceful with myself and with the relationships that I have. And and that's where we get, get to choose. We can choose to, to feel that peace and make the choices that lead us down that path, or we can choose to continue to go down, you know, the other path where we're, we're not feeling that. And I think that's the point that I got to, you know, I, I allowed myself to make those choices that were not bringing me where I wanted to be. So reel in, what can you do? How can you get back on the track that you want to be on? I've realized that I, uh, I have this little sticky note. They can't see it, but I literally keep the sticky note on my desk every day. And because let's be honest, you guys, if, if you think that, that certain people are just blessed with like, they just go days and days and days with feeling great. It's not true. 
It's not true. Even the most like mindful people, I guarantee you, the only thing that's different, like Courtney said, is their perspective. And along with perspective is awareness. So I've really tuned into awareness of like ways that I can amp up what awareness looks like and kind of almost like out of body seeing myself operate all day long. And when, and I go up and down, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really good right now. It could be an hour later and I'm like, so frustrated. And then I'm like, where is my awareness? Turning my awareness. And I have this sticky note and I call it my steps to my super selfie. And anytime that my brain is feeling offbeat in a funk, something's off. I used to try to like cram everything into like my morning routine. And now I've realized that, like you said, like life doesn't just allow you to necessarily do all these things in order every single day. It's nice if you get the chance, but so now I just have these six that sit on my desk. And when I feel like I'm out, out of alignment is the best way to describe it. I look at this list and I go, what's off. And that it's, I need to slow down. I need to serve. Like I need to do something to help others. I need to sweat. I need to socialize. I need to celebrate, or I need to do something that makes me feel sexy. Right. So those are my like six, six things. And it's not like they're not specific because we've got to give ourselves leeway to find what we need in different ways all the time. We can't just always be like, Oh, I just know that I have to, I used to be like, oh, I just have to go run five miles and then it'll be good. It's not always running five miles. Yesterday, it was literally like, I don't have 50 minutes to go on a jog. I've got 15 minutes before dinner comes. And I just went for a walk around the block. That was it. That was it. Just nature. So I think we got to have flexibility with all this stuff. And I think it's important with friendships to, to know and to recognize what your friends need, because I know you've been sharing this for a while. So I know that these are the things that you need and being that awareness, not only of yourself, but of those friends. And I know last week, you know, I was very aware that you were in a funk, you were in a space and I knew connecting was one. And so that's why I sent you that message about the time that we went to the the coffee shop and we had done our laundry and I had a pair of underwear stuck to my pants that we walked however many blocks with those underwear sticking there. But, you know, also with your friends, just recognizing that that's what they may need. They may not need you to go over there and solve all the problems and, and to pour your heart for for hours, they might just need something so small as here's a moment I'm going to connect with you, make you smile. And that may be all that it is. But I think just having an awareness of, of what you need and what the people around you need really makes for better and stronger relationships. And I think that's where you and I have finally gotten to the point that we know what each other needs. You know, when we had that rough patch, you were felt like you were pouring everything into me and I felt like I was pouring everything into you and and we took that space to really reflect and and say no these are the things that we need and we came back to each other and said this is what I need this is what you need and I feel like it's been amazing ever Mm -hmm. since and Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that we are different we both do need different things and it doesn't mean that if we can't give that person exactly what they need right in that moment, then, oh, our friendship is, you know, on the rocks or out the door. 
it's just, it's just a phase and you have to be willing to have those hard conversations and, and talk through it and, and be honest with one another. You have to be honest with yourself first. And I yeah. think that was something that I struggled with for so long was being honest with myself. I just molded myself into the person that people wanted me to be so that I felt like I fit in. And now that I've released that and I've just said, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do the things that I need and the things that I love. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm not going to fear judgment. I'm not going to compare. That truly, I feel like, is when I've been able to be the best friend that I can be. And that's only been in the past, I would say, maybe year, year and a half. So now I feel like I can fully be the friend that I want to be because I'm not afraid to be who I want to be. Oh, that's so good. We, we attract what we are. So that was another piece of it for me when I was doing um, healing from my food and food and body stuff uh, last year and going through my coaching program and learning so much about myself and my relationship to my body. I was meeting these women who were going through what I was going through. And so I felt really safe to just show up as my true self with them. And so I started attracting these really deep, meaningful relationships with the women in that group because I was showing up as the version of me that was me and they liked that version. So it's so important that we don't people please. Like, like we started this whole thing off of like, I just so desperately want connection that I'll take anyone and anywhere. So we have to be careful when we say like, I just want to be friends with everybody because I feel the same way. I'm like, the more the merrier, come on in come on in, come on in. But we also have to be so aware that we're not chameleonizing ourselves right. to meet the needs of everybody in the, what are we going to rename the circle? If it's not the circle anymore, the, in the space, spacious, spaciousness, like it's no longer a circle. It's just a space. And, you know, I created the joy vibe tribe on Facebook like just recently, we're going to start it in two weeks and it is open to anybody, but it will also, I have allowed myself to exit people. So if somebody is not in alignment with, with the group and the energy is just off and it's not a fit, it's okay to say, Hey, you know what? This isn't your space. I, I don't think this is your space. Like it's okay. But also keeping an open invitation that if people want to come in and be in that energy and do the things that are connecting with you, why, why limit it? Like why limit it to anybody? And I feel like there's been, we've just been conditioned and trained to hold the circle strong. There's this fear that we're going to lose our best friend to someone else. That's going to be, if I add this girl into the circle, I might lose my Courtney. I might lose my whatever. Instead of being like, wow, what if 80 women get Courtney? Like, what if they get that kind of energy and that kind of love and that kind of whatever, like distributed? What would this world look like if we just had space instead of circles? And I think about this women's conference that I went to. It's called the Bliss Conference with uh, one of my mentors, Lori Harder. And she does this thing where we're all in this space together, right? It's a room. It's a big ballroom that we all operate in. And she says, as you circle up, because inevitably, what do we do when we're in a social setting? We, we clump. We like, we like just cluster. We meet somebody and we're like, okay, we link arms with that person. And we're like, don't leave my side. We'll go add people, but don't leave my side. 
Like it's so protective. And so we keep linking and we keep linking and we keep linking, but we never let go. So what she says is like, let the links go, let the links go, open your hands out wide and allow space. So if somebody is wandering aimlessly, two things get to happen. You, if you're the noticer, you get to turn and make space. Like you just open your arms up and you just make space and you invite this person in, into the space. But if, if, you're, if nobody notices you, it's your job as the person that's feeling like they don't have a circle to go be part of a circle. And I think that we shy away from this all the time because we're, I know afraid. I do. We're yeah, so I terrified. We're so terrified that we're not going to be accepted. Well, guess what? What's happening right now? You're not being accepted. You're standing alone. The chief stands alone. So we've got to go insert ourselves. So she said, you walk up to a circle, you stick your pelvis out and you said, hi, I'm really awkward. I have nobody to talk to. I feel <laughs> scared putting myself in this circle, but can I come in? Can I come in? Right? And so it created this space where I never feel scared to stick my pelvis out anymore. And literally I've done this so many times, Court, and it's starting to feel good. And I hope it catches on in the world like wildfire. Like we all just need to keep sticking our pelvises out and saying, I think the point of this is, even if you don't walk and stick your pelvis out, the point is, let's be honest. Can we go up to people and say, I know this sounds weird, but I don't have any friends. I'm looking for friends. Can we? Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think what you said, I loved what you said about how, you know, we all have these links. I feel like that's a perfect um, way to visualize it because when you, I mean, think about your social circles around you, I'm sure that everybody has a social circle where they feel like when they do walk up to it, they're all just standing there linked arms. And it reminds me of, you know, I'm, I'm sure you played this game like Red Rover, Red Rover, when it's like you choose somebody to send over and the whole goal is to not let them in. And I feel like we as women do that so often. We're afraid to let other women in for whatever reason. We are trained to, to think that we can only have one best friend, like one really close friend that we pour our heart and our soul into. But I love visualizing those links falling away and just letting anybody join in and I'm gonna try it I am I'm gonna I'm gonna try that where I'm gonna just say like yeah this is awkward right now I'm not a part of this circle but I would like to be or I would like you know for you to give me the opportunity to be because I do have a lot to offer and I know my worth and I know that I that I'm worth it for people to take the time to get to know but we so often feel like we can't break through that link and how amazing would it be if they just weren't there anymore? Like, let's put them all away. And I just keep going back to the quote that, you know, empowered women empower women. And mm. I'm sure you've heard that before, but I want to be one of those women that empower other women to say, like, it's okay. Put those links down. You can have great connections with so many people. It doesn't have to be your your high school friends. It doesn't mm. have to be the same three people that you've known since seventh grade. And, and if you do, that's awesome. You know, I, I have you and we've been best friends. We met in junior high and, you know, fortunately I'm married to my husband that I've met in junior high and we've known each other for 23 years. I think we figured out the other day, like, it's great that you have those relationships, but as we get older and, and we, 
start to broaden out and branch out into other people, put those links away, let other people in, let them be a part of your circle, give them the chance. And I just don't think that that, that happens enough. That is such a good analogy that you used. And I think that people are afraid to let the links go because of what you just described. It's like somebody trades you, you get traded and you got to try to break through the links. And then when you break through, you're part of that group. But what if you don't break the links? Like then, then you're not, you know, or your people get afraid of being replaced. So if I'm in my links, what if my crew just like gets another member? And as a result, like in Red Rover, you get another member, you got to let somebody go. So as, as women, especially who crave connection, it's like, oh my gosh, but if I let more people in, my chances of being let go are getting higher. Right. So as I'm saying this out loud, it's amazing because I realized that something that I did and still continue to do, and I'm going to work on this too, is I was, have been so good my entire life at having one-to-one friendships. I have my relationship with you and then this woman and then this woman and then this woman and this woman. And really the only time that I do a group setting is like my birthday right? Mm -hmm. It's the birthday party. Mm -hmm. It's the birthday. Everybody come together. And it's like, Ooh, can we all operate with one another? Like I know, I know of you, but I only hang out with Heidi solo. And I think that I I've liked that because for so long I've chameleonized myself to be who I needed to be, who I thought I needed to be with that person. And then I could chameleonize over here and be with that person and be with that person instead of now just being me all the time. Right. So now when that's people, a hard thing you know, to do. it's a hard thing to do. We like, we have to practice showing up just in ourselves and not being what the circle, what we think the circle needs. Like your contribution is you showing up as the highest version of yourself. That's your contribution. Yeah. And that's the best thing that we can offer, you know, and I think comparison plays a huge role in that as well. When you put yourself in those group settings, because I've done the same thing. I've really thrived, like you said, on having one-on-one relationships because that comparison syndrome ran deep in my veins for a long, long time. And I think I just never felt like I was good enough. Um, I'm not as good as their other friend that's over there, or I'm not as good as that friend, or I don't have the same history with them, or you know, we haven't been friends for 15 plus years like they have been. So you start to make those comparisons rather than taking a step back and realizing, like you said, showing up as your best self is enough and what you have to offer is enough. And if it's not, that's okay. You know, you don't have to be best friends with everybody. You don't have to have this instant deep connection with your best friend's friends. And I think we have to kind of release that stigma of we need to be friends with everybody because like I said earlier, that's how I felt for such a long time. And it's okay. You don't have to be. Be who you are and and be who you want to be. Show up how you want to and treat people, you know, with your values and, and your character. And it's okay if if you're not friends with everybody. And that's a that's a hard thing to learn. And I've told a lot of um people that I've come across, you know, like people that aren't 
quite to the age that we are, I feel like friendship becomes more complicated the older you get. And I feel <laughs> like my circle starts to shrink and get smaller and smaller. And there's been so many years where I've fought that. And I'm like, why? Why is this happening? This makes me so sad. I'm not good enough. And I'm finally at a place where I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay if my circle is small because I, I know that I am being true to who I am. I think but the harder I am gonna work on putting myself out there a little bit though too, because like yes. I, said, I don't think I do that enough. And yeah, and that's there's something a, that I that I think I need to work on. And we have to be honest with the fact that we we surrender the outcome. So what that means is when we put the pelvis out and we and we speak our truth. I'm I'm scared. I but I want to be a part. I think I want to be a part of this. It's it's okay if I get rejected. Right. Full circle to those expectations. Eek, right? So like, really I'm hard. okay. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk that I might gain something here. I'm not going to lose. I'm the, there is no loss because we haven't even started yet. So if right. I put myself out there, the only thing that I have to lose is that I might not gain a new relationship. But if right. I never put the pelvis out there, then I don't even have the chance. I don't even have the chance. So right. we get to try, we get to be the person that shows up to, to the, to the aerobics class and sees the girls next to her, next to her. And actually like you see her week after week, after week, after week, and you like her leggings and you feel her energy. And you're like, this is a cool chick. I wonder, she, I wonder where she lives. Like you get to be the one that says like, we've been standing next to each other for a couple of weeks. And I love your energy. We we're both in this group together. Where do you live? What's your name? Where are you from? But instead, what do we usually do? We're scared of rejection. We're scared. She's going to think we're strange for even asking because it's out of the norm. So we just pick up the sweat towel, put the stair stepper away and on with our day instead of there could be a beautiful blooming relationship right there. So I want to encourage people because I know there's probably people listening to that. Let's be honest court. Like maybe they have no friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have a circle right now that they actually don't feel like themselves in, but they're too scared to leave because there's where else am I going to find friends? This is why people stay in, in relationships with guys that they, that they don't like, mm -hmm. where am I going to find something better? Yeah, I've been there. I, I have been there and that's not a great feeling to have, but I can honestly say I've left two circles of, of yep. friendships over the years. And it was not because of, you know, that I felt like they were harming me in any way or, you know, that whatever. It was just because I felt like I wasn't being the person that I wanted to be. Yep. And I've had those moments where I've said to myself or I've said to my husband, you know, I don't have any friends. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just changing that perspective mm -hmm. and just recognizing that you do, you do, you might have to try to expand, you know, a, a current friendship that you have, or you might have to put yourself out there a little bit more and also recognize like you're not alone. You're not the only one that feels this way. I didn't speak that for a long time because I saw people around me have all these like booming friendships and, and circles and connections. And, and I've even done that with you, you know, when you moved out to California and I see you have, you know, create and establish all these new relationships. And then I'm here in Michigan feeling like, oh, I don't have any friends. 
but mm -hmm. you just have to be willing to put yourself out there, but you can't you do. do that until you know who you are. Absolutely. And just realize that you're not the only one that's feeling this way. So find somebody that you can speak that to and just say like, this is how I'm feeling, feel it, sit with it for a while, release it. And then get back out there. You know, it's kind of like dating, you know, you really like you have to, what I realized, what I realized is so a couple of things, four things you need to look, you need to try, you need to be vulnerable and you need to give yourself permission to permission to change. So if you're sitting at home right now, listening to this going, this is me exactly. Like I don't have any friends. It's okay. First of all. And second of all, are you trying? You've got to try. You've got to try. You've got to go on Facebook groups. You've got to go on meetups. You've got to go on, um, you've got to sign up for things. I found like, why did we connect in junior high, high school, college? We were in groups. We were in cheerleading. We were in sports. We were in recreation. We were in crafting circles or whatever it is. Like you've got to find things that you like and start showing up in those spaces. You have to be patient as you patient and willing to risk it. Right? right. When you go out into these spaces and just say, I don't know what's going to happen today. And it doesn't matter. I'm going to go show up to something I enjoy. Um, I have a friend in California who, who decided that he, he loves bonsai trees, like, like those little bonsai trees that you clip and whatever, like that's yes. not my jam, but he, he went to a bonsai club. Like if you love music, sign up for a drum circle, some, sign up for, for t like 10 weird things in the next two months. Even in the quarantine, there's plenty of Facebook groups and social groups. And, um, we've, we're starting the joy vibe tribe. Like I'm, I'm going to say it again. Like if you don't have a circle, join us on Facebook, give it a try, open yourself up, but you have to look, you have to try, you have to be vulnerable. You have to show up as yourself so strongly and not in a, not in a annoying way, just like in a way that's like, this is who I am. If you're quiet, you can be quiet. If you're loud, you can be loud. If you're whatever you are, um, but find your tribe because find or find a space where it makes you feel like you're going to thrive in that interest. You know what I mean? And right. um, I know that every single time that I sign up for a women's conference or a circle or a group or anything, and people will say, well, that costs money. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you have to pay for friendship. And I know that that sounds weird, but every time I'm in a club and I pay for something, money is just an investment. Like money is just, just energy. So yeah, it's an investment in yourself. Investment. Yeah. And I think the beauty of this whole quarantine is that it has given us a gift of a little bit more time. And for me, what I was sharing with you yesterday is it's given me the opportunity to reconnect with people that I haven't been able to give that time to or to connect to new people through things that I enjoy. And so that's where I've made the choice, like you said, to look like what are the things that I enjoy doing to put myself out there and say, hey, this is me and, and see what comes back to me. And that's just been honestly just a beautiful thing for me because I've built some new connections in these past three months when I started this whole quarantine thinking, oh my goodness, how am I going to survive when I can't see my coworkers every day who are like my family or when I can't see my own family and I can't see my, my friends, I'm okay. You know, I've been able to come out of this 
with some other friendships and relationships that I feel like are, are for the better and are going to help me continue to be who I want to be. So you have to put the work in. Like I said, at the very beginning of this, friendships are work. Mm-hmm. They are work. And mm-hmm. people might shy away from that or they might say, you know, friendship isn't supposed to be work. I think that we've had that conversation before. But in all reality, it is. It's work. Any type of relationship is work. It should, it should feel like a type of work that you want to put in, though. And it should be a benefit for both of you. And it should be positive. If it's not, yeah. that's kind of a different story. But it is work. Work doesn't mean it has to be hard. Right. Work gets to be easy and easy in the sense that I don't have to call and have a conversation for two hours, but if you pop into my brain at two o'clock on a Thursday, I can text you and j- simply say, thinking of you, that's it. We, we don't have to have these expectations of like all the way that it has to be. And like, if you're, if you're a friend own, own the kind of friend that you are too. And we'll end, end on this because I've got to bop on out. It's time, it's time for me to go to go on to my next uh, adventure today. But, um, be, know what kind of friend you are and have the conversation with your friend that you friends that you have. And what I mean by that is if you're not the friend that remembers birthdays, if you're not the friend that buys gifts, own it, own it. Like say like, I don't buy gifts and I don't remember birthdays. It's okay. It's okay. And know that your friends will love you just, just the same. Like I have a friend of mine and I'm not going to name names, but like she is never on time and she just like floats with the wind. And that's what I love about her. I love that about her, but I have to know that that's our relationship because that's going to drive me freaking crazy. And it's not that we can't be friends, but I have to know that when I say, Hey, let's get together today, that I have to clear my whole freaking day. Cause I don't know if she's going to show up at 10 AM or 2 PM. And that's going to feel good to her because if I put her at a time slot, like it just doesn't work. So I've learned that that's the type of friendship and I can take it or leave it you know? So I know when I can show up to that friendship as my authentic self and not myself that like, when I tell you two o'clock, like you're going to be there at one fifty nine, and you're going to be prepared and you're going to have everything packed and ready. And we're like going to have this epic adventure day. Like that's just, that's how it's going to go. You right. know? <laughs> and with this other person, it's like, I don't even know. It's so unknown. And that is not like my personality at all, but, but I love those days too. So own the type of friend that you are and have the conversations with your friends of like what you need. And when it's off for you, be honest. Like if somebody says, Hey, can, can you chat and you got to go just say like, Hey, that's cool. Time's up. I got to go. You know, we, we, we feel bad sometimes when we have to end, end it. And right. we, we can't hold on to that. So this has been so amazing, Cor. I got to ask you the two closing questions that I ask everybody on Cup of Joy, which is, um, what do you love most about yourself? Oh, man, I wasn't prepared for that question. I know. Nobody is. It's an <laughs> epic question. Um, I think the one thing that I love most about myself is that I think it's one changed over time. Um, but I think right now is that I'm willing to continue to grow. Um, I'm willing to work through some hard things to be the best person that I can be. And I think that that's transpired into other relationships. I love that I'm able to 
push other people to be the best people that they are. So mm. that growth, that growth that I've shied away from for so long. If you would have asked me that five years ago, it would have been a very different answer. For sure. I love that. I love that um, you help, you help people grow just by sharing your growth. Like you've been sharing so vulnerably of just like all, all, all of who you are, not just the highlight reels, like all of who you are. And that in itself helps people grow. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the last question is what does joy feel like? I think joy can feel like a lot of different things. I think, you know, for me this morning, joy was having my daughter come and jump in bed with me and lay there and watch Zootopia and just being able to snuggle. So I don't think I can say that joy feels like any specific thing because I think it shows up in so many different ways. Um, and I think that's one thing that I've really learned from you with your joy spotting is that it is everywhere. Yeah. It is around us. It's a little wildflower blooming on the dirt road when I go for my morning walk, or it's the sunrise peeking over our lake, or it's being able to actually hug somebody for the first time after all of this quarantine. Like, there's just so many different ways that it can show up. So I can't, I don't think I can name a certain thing that it feels like because it's, it's everywhere. We just sometimes have to remind ourselves that we have to go and find it. Mm, that could not have ended more perfectly than <laughs> where we started holistically of just like that sh perspective shift. Just right? where are you, where are you putting your focus? Are you joy spotting or are you junk spotting? Yeah, I wake up every morning and I say, where is my joy today? And I'm not saying every day and every moment is joyful, but, you know, they say that not every day is good, but there's definitely good in every day. And sometimes mm. you just have to work harder to find it. So good. And with friends, are you looking for friends? Are you looking for friends or are you focusing on how alone you are? Right. So take, take these tidbits, Court, this has been amazing. Thanks for being my Gail today. You can be Oprah if you want to, that's cool. Um, I'm, good. I'm good with either. <laughs> I love you so, so, so much, you guys. Um, love you. you. Courtney is always sharing the most incredible um, quotes. And like I said, the realness, the rawness on her own personal growth journey. So while she may not be a coach, I certainly feel like she coaches me every single day and impacts my life so, so much. So if you want to follow her, you can follow her at, on Instagram at CK Burkauer. Correct. I got it. You yes. got it. Woo, woo, woo. It's in the show notes. That. It's in the show <laughs> notes because <laughs> I stalk you. Um, so follow her for some more just love, joy, and inspiration. And she's just a beautiful human being and join our tribe, Joy Vibe Tribe on Facebook. If you're, if you're feeling like you just want to get a little more high vibes in your life, um, thanks for being here today. I love you so much. I love you too. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!